I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate cultivate a healthy and thriving marriage. I'm going to make you really uncomfortable right now and say happy birthday. Thank you. Happy 30th freaking birthday. I know. It's wild. It's wild. I'm starting to feel a little better about it, but just a little better about it. It's a big (laughs) deal. It's It's a big birthday. That's a big milestone. It's good. It's good. I've been very excited for my 30s, but it's like this week. It's kind of been tripping me up. Yeah. It's going to be good. I'm 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 very pumped for my 30s. I think I'm just ready to get through tomorrow. <laughs> I'm ready yeah. to get through my birthday. Well, and we but. were kind of talking about this off air and we won't we won't go super in depth on this, but um you were just kind of saying how like you're you you just don't want to feel like you have to like it's it's a little overwhelming like you know you're going to get a flurry of messages. Mm. Everyone's going to you got some people that will just be like happy birthday and then you have other people who are like Ashley, ever since I've known you since fourth grade, you've just been my best friend ever. And you're just the greatest person and, and you deserve all the happiness. And they like write out this novel and you're yeah. just like, you feel like you also have to write a novel back instead of yes. just thanks or giving it like yes. the like. Last year, somebody sent me a message. I want to say it might've been Nick Miller. And he said, happy birthday. I'm sure you're really busy. So please don't text me back. <laughs> I'm like, Yes. Thank yeah. you. I don't, thank so, you for the permission not to respond. Sometimes I'll do that. I don't know if you notice I do that with you sometimes. I'll say like, hey, don't. don't feel, and you'll do that to me too. You'll be like, hey, don't feel like you need to get to this immediately. Like it's, I'm just yeah. brain dumping. Can yep. we normalize that? Can we like normalize giving people permission to like, hey, you don't, you don't have to respond to this. I just want to let you know this. Yeah, literally. Because I think that's the, that's my biggest issue with texting is like, it is just it's invasive. It is ever. I was thinking yesterday as I was like, literally, this is something I think about daily, but I was thinking about how back when texting wasn't a thing or like cell phones, like you could truly just like be free, but because you have your phone attached to you at all the time, all times, like there is this unwritten rule that like she has her phone. She has to answer. She should answer. And it's like, (sighs) but why, why should I answer? Yeah, dude, you know? that's, I've never thought about it that way. So when did you get a phone? Like, how old were you? It was for my, I want to say 13th birthday. I was, oh, I was doing cheerleading at the time. And so I was going on like away buses. And so my, every, all my friends had phones and I hadn't had one yet. And it was my birthday, which was also the first day of school that year. And she set this phone up that looked exactly like hers but it had a birthday ringtone and so she was in her bathroom getting ready called this phone and it started humming happy birthday but I didn't realize it at first I was like mom your phone is ringing (sighs) and then she was like well why don't you get it and or she might have been silent but anyways I flip it open and it says mom and then I realized it was the happy birthday ringtone and I started crying because all my friends had phones and now and now you have a phone and you start using like t9 yes yeah was I 13? 
See, I yeah, didn't. I think I was in middle school. I didn't I get I a phone until my senior year. What? Yeah. How? I just, I didn't have one. We were poor, man. We we're a poor little Mexican kid. Was that normal where you were? No, it was abnormal. Lived? It was definitely okay. abnormal. Yeah. Uh, but then did when I get, did like, get a phone. Or something? I mean, that, no, it was, uh, it was, I mean, we had Verizon. Um, but I, it was one of those ones that was like, it was thick, and but you like opened it and then there was a keyboard. So oh, I never yes. had to use T9. It was like, yeah. but I remember. Well, that's because you, what year did you graduate? <sighs> this is 2009. <laughs> okay. So same as me. Okay. Yeah. So. But it would have been at the beginning of my senior year. So like 2008. So you had cool, you had a cool phone because 2009, I mean, I think I had a Blackberry in Everyone had their razors. Oh, Blackberries. You remember that was the whole thing. Like. Oh yeah. People loved I had a that. I was a phone fanatic. I had to get the newest and greatest all the time. I had a razor. I had like iPhone 3G. That was my first iPhone. I had two different Blackberries. Like I worked. My my parents didn't pay for my yeah. phones once they got me my first one. But I literally would like work to save to buy the new phone. That that's crazy. So anyways. Yes, I remember. But so that's when you came into the world was, was when like Yeah, the, I, but I remember everyone had like the razors, you know, like the hot pink neon or the sidekick dude the sidekick sidekick? holy future i remember (laughs) when that thing came out cool just the like if they made a sidekick iphone now i would buy it i would 100 percent buy it they are so cool yeah if if you're listening and don't know what this is it was i just remember too like my my classmates having these badass games like full color games on their thing and i was like over here playing like you know the snake yeah the nokia snake <laughs> yeah the nokia yeah. snake thing yeah because uh, that was on my but parents my if parents you think about the the sidekick like i can even think about like that little flick that happened on the bottom left because they'd like you, all you had to do was like pick it up and it'd go yeah like open up all it's cool. like a freaking pop out like, tent yeah, thing it's like it, it, right <laughs> yeah it's crazy uh, and then like it had a like reflector the, like a the, photography reflector right yeah <laughs> Do you remember the, like, there was like a little rolly bowl on it? Uh, my Blackberry Pearl had a rolly bowl. Oh, it did? Yeah. So, I didn't anyways. Know the sidekicks did. Anyways, phones. There's your, we haven't I shot the shit in a while so about bad. something no. so stupid, but. I just, I'm thinking about that phone. Like, I had ATT. I still have ATT. Yeah. But I wanted to, so badly to switch to T Mobile because T Mobile was the only uh, carrier with a sidekick. <laughs> is that the same where they, so they were is that bad. t-mobile boost mobile or is boost mobile something different i just remember no the idea. commercials where they'd be like where you at you remember that no you don't remember that no where you at no i don't yeah they'd like they it, you could like do a walkie talkie thing oh. on the phone like you click the phone and then you click you could say like it's <gasps> t- like the equivalent of like sending a, a voice t- mess it's like sending talk. a voice memo on iphone now except no. wherever you were it would just beep and someone would go hey where you at or what are you doing? But that was like their whole thing. It's like stay connected at any time, anywhere. Okay. As I'm sitting here saying, how can I not be connected? Right. Yeah. That was the start of it. Life was Anyways. so much simpler without a phone. Yeah. Actually, I don't really remember much life without a phone, but yeah. I mean, I, like I do. It was back. a significant you, amount you of my were teenage a years. Senior. Yeah. 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 I so, remember, anyways. I just remember paying for text messaging. Dude, like, I remember one time I. I got in so much trouble because I wanted a ringtone. Uh, mm, yeah, those suckers were like two ninety nine. Yeah, and I bought one, and it was 
third eye third eye blinds jumper i wish oh you gosh. would step back from, step back that, from that. that yeah, yeah. that one weird it's so weird that we all remember our ringtones and our ringbacks actually i never had a ringback but you know when you'd call a friend yeah instead of ringing it was a ringback uh-huh it was anyways it was interesting now it's my freaking phone is a beast now like four cameras and yeah. can hover and shoot missiles <laughs> literally <laughs> it can I've do not, anything i have it on do not disturb consistently yeah like, i up. love that you Leave do that Thanks, Chris. I think it's healthy sometimes. It but is healthy. Anyways. So, anyways, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Today, We here's the thing. I want to give a, a, a little caveat. We were kind of talking about this before we recorded. We know that a lot of our typical normal listeners are probably past this, these things that we're going to talk about today. Ashley, what are we talking about today? You're engaged. What? Now what? should you do basically it's like the four things to do now that you're engaged yeah so we, our goal it's we've been we've been looking at our basically the episodes that we've covered and we're trying to fill in gaps of things that we've missed and ashley you brought this up and even going way 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 back to the very first stage i don't know that we've had a dedicated like you're engaged congrats i know we've talked about like the excitement that comes with being engaged and then it getting kind of like stressful shortly after that. But I don't know that we've ever dove into this topic. And so this is something that we saw that we needed to cover. And so we're going to just dive right into it. Yeah. I'm, this is something I'm really excited about. Um, I, in our Facebook community, we're currently going live. So if you want to see this in person, join the community and you can watch the video of Chris and I chit chatting. But we talked earlier about how. I, this was like Ashley, my business partner and I's most popular YouTube video that we uploaded like seven years ago. To the tube. Yeah. And so with it being so popular, it just kind of made sense for us to maybe, you know, bring that sucker back to life. So, so to our avid listeners, here's what we want to commission you to do. If you love the content and if you enjoy it and it's been extremely helpful, we want you to take this episode and use this uh, to send it when you find out that your friend or your sister-in-law or anyone that you know, maybe a coworker gets engaged, this should be the first episode that you send them. So hello, new listeners. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Uh, maybe, Ashley, let's give a, a, a little brief overview of just who we are. We are both wedding photographers. Yes. We've been in the game for a minute. You have been in the game a lot longer than I have. Yes. In, in business, but uh, you are, you have a business partner? I do. I feel like I'm just responding. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do. I have a business partner. You also have a business partner. Yours I do. is just your wife. Yeah. She's, she's great. She's pretty cool. Yeah. So we both, we both do photography. We're wedding photographers full time. This is our full time gig. We don't do, we have other things that we do, but this is our primary means of occupation and so yeah. we get to be in and around weddings all the time they're our life mm -hmm. and so uh why do you think this is beneficial for that this podcast so what this this experience does for us is it's kind of opened our eyes into kind of maybe the not so glamorous part of wedding planning we see couples on their best day and we also see them leading up to it we experience sure. the things that they witness and that they go through the hardships the you know conflict but also then we see it all come together on wedding day where it's worth it. And Chris and I, with this experience, 
want to bring light to the fact that wedding planning isn't always at all it's cracked up to be. And we want to focus on your mental health. This does, doesn't exist really anywhere else. Somewhere we're, we're going to focus on your mental health. People are going through the same thing as you, like also realizing wedding planning kind of sucks and help you to form a wedding that isn't just another wedding built from the same template everyone else has used. Yeah, like everyone's using the same Pinterest template, you know, the, the same steps, you know, to kind of do your thing. And, and while we are going to give you steps today, uh, today we're going to be talking about the first four things that you should do after you get engaged. And while we are going to give you steps, th- these steps basically get you and your partner thinking so that you guys can create the wedding that you want to create. It's a wedding with intention is what we would call it. And so um, it's very customizable. You and your best friend and three other people could all go through these steps and your wedding days would most likely still look very different because our goal is to empower couples to have the day that they want to have. Yes, completely. Like it is yours. You don't have to follow the standard checklist. You know, I, I, it does feel weird because now you're saying like, even though we are giving you a list and I didn't even realize that, like we are providing a list also. Right. But it's more of like a prompt, a prompt to get you thinking. Totally, totally. And so it will be specific to you and what your partner desire and your wants and needs and stuff like that. And so let's be honest, Ashley, when you get engaged, how does it feel? I, well, amazing, right? When you get engaged. Exactly. It's like a flurry of feelings. You're pumped. You kind of can't wait to get started and hit the ground running. Like, I feel like that is pretty unanimous. Yeah. I know some people do like wait, like they end up drawing out their engagement for like a couple years before they actually kind of get started because of life. But nonetheless, I think right there at the beginning, it's a flurry of happiness, excitement, pop that champagne, share with all the friends, like post the selfies. Like That's got to be the most exciting part is like posting the pictures for couples, especially I know it's kind of a thing now where people hire photographers to document the proposal. Yes. And so we just did one recently. I know Micah's a listener of ours. And, and so I was able to be there to capture their proposal. And it was just so cool to, to be there for it, see the excitement. They were going to go and they, they had dinner and a date night. And then they went and told their family. And then they, yeah. you know, I edited the pictures immediately so that they could post them. And, that's and so, so awesome. that's, there's excitement that comes with that, that like mm-hmm. you get to share this news and you get to celebrate. But not too long after the celebration kind of dies down, the questions start to come. People want to know, so when are you getting married? Where have you, have you thought about, you know, what about this place? Or my, my nephew got married here and I think it'd be great for you. So you just start getting all of these opinions, all of these expectations from people left and right bombarded. And I saw somebody share this recently and they said what is my personality now other than wedding planning like they feel like and I feel like this sometimes with my job I don't know who I am outside of being a business owner and it's like I feel like couples can experience that too when they're going through the planning phase of like who am I outside of being a bride or outside of being a groom there it's like becomes a personality trait so how can you kind of avoid that happening. And again, that's another 
foundation of this podcast is like we want to help you stay true to your relationship and not get wrapped up all in this wedding planning because all the questions start coming right away. Yeah, people, and here's why I think that happens is people, most of the people that are giving you advice are people who have been married or have gotten married at one point, whether that was 40 years years ago or, or five months ago. Like everyone has gone through almost this rite of passage, this extremely difficult kind of planning thing. And so they want to use that knowledge and experience that they've had. And so you're right, Ashley, it is all good intentioned. It's well-meaning and they want to help, but it's actually not helpful and extremely overwhelming when every minute or every, not every minute, but every day you're probably having some people ask you questions or give unsolicited advice, you know, something that you didn't ask for. And so, um, we probably from when I was going through it, I remember it being kind of triggering getting a message from like mom, sweet mom, you know, love you, Deb. <laughs> Shout out to Deb. But getting a sweet message from Deb saying, hey, have you, you know, finished your guest list yet? And well-intentioned text message also, it's just another question. Have you done this? But for me, I'm like, shit no I haven't and now I'm like avoiding that text message because I need to get to that but I haven't gotten to that yet because I'm thinking about 500,000 other things that the internet says that I should be doing and it's just it's just overwhelming and so uh, like this is the heartbeat of the podcast we want you to it doesn't have to be this way we said this very early on in the episode it doesn't have to be this way your life does not have to be one that is filled with uh the weight of other people's opinions um, that doesn't have to weigh you down. And so today we're going to run through four of the first things that we believe that you should do. And so the first one, actually, the first one is foundational. I'm going to get very uh, passionate about this. I can already tell. And it's, it's good. It is. This is the number one thing that we want to be associated with on our podcast. You will get sick of it. If you hear us, and you're a regular listener because we always, always, always talk about this one thing, but we believe it's the first step that you should take. And when you take this step and you implement it, you will know how to handle the bombardment of questions. Oh yeah. A lot of those questions will go away when you're able to share what we're about to talk to you about. And Ashley, what is the first thing that people should do when they get engaged? Define your wedding why. And what that means, because you're like, what the heck is a wedding why, Ashley? What does that mean? Well, a question that we pose is, why are you celebrating your marriage with a wedding? Like, Why? You don't have to. Yeah. You can go get married at a courthouse. You can literally just probably sign a piece of paper as long uh-huh. as you have like an ordained witness. You don't have to have any type of ceremony, really. Nope. Like... There, there are some things that I do believe have to happen from a legal perspective, but you don't have to do the big, lavish $10,000, wedding, but you're choosing to do right. some form of a wedding that costs some money. Yeah. And why is that? And that's something that you kind of have to like dive really deep into. It's not like, I think initially when I asked that question, like I'm going to ask you, Chris, and you tell me the first thing you think people are thinking why are you celebrating your marriage with a wedding? I think most people would say they want to have a party and bring their yep. people together. Yep. That is I think that's the majority. accurate. But I think it's like the low-hanging fruit, right? It's right. the easy response. 
it's a it's a true response you're there's no lying about it yeah but there's something deeper there yeah and it might not actually be your why like maybe it is right now but when you think a little bit deeper about it there's a reason maybe you want to bring all your people together maybe that's your why or maybe you realize that's not your why at all and your why is actually because you want to share your love of your city with all of the people who let's say you both live in different parts of the country and you guys want to get married in or you're from different parts of the country and you want to get married in your new city and you want to share your love of your new city with your family from back home yeah so that's your why and then you can cultivate a wedding surrounding whatever this why is. Yes, exactly. It, 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 what your wedding why does is it truly allows you to customize your party. Literally, I mean, think about like I, sometimes I think the word wedding, like Lara and I were talking about this the other day. Like, can you imagine the mindset shift that people would have if they stopped calling it a wedding? I mean, obviously it is a wedding because there's the marriage aspect, there's a ceremony aspect yeah. of it. But how many ceremonies are really doing anything unique? Different. Yeah. Maybe there's like some sort of, my favorite thing that I've been seeing lately is when people take uh, a plant, uh, and I've only seen this once, but I've also seen it online. So I've seen it once with a couple, but then online several places. And they've lived in different places and they take the soil from each of their homes, uh, whether that's an apartment complex or their parents' house, and then they bring them and they put some different soil into this and they mix it into the plant and it's like signifies their lives coming together, like your world and my world coming together. But outside of like the unity thing, whether it's a candle, a cross, a, a sand or a plant, most ceremonies are pretty much the same. So where the customization comes in is at the reception or the party. Like, and if people were to just think about that, my computer is going nuts. I was gonna, I just checked my, I keep hearing that. It's my cord. Noise. It's like, I need a Dang. new cord. It's like yeah, connecting and disconnecting. Anyways. Anyways. So the customization comes from the party. So imagine if people were like, just thinking about it, like, why are we throwing this party? Because that's what it is. And you get to customize it. Like your wedding why allows you to customize a party. Sure, you can just do the normal party things. Like we're going to cut a cake and we're going to eat together and we're going to dance. But you can customize it. And that would be fine. That would be a perfectly fine wedding. Yep. But your why allows you to customize it so much more. And whenever you customize anything, whether it's a car, a house, uh, uh, a something, you're doing it because it fits you better and your needs better and your wants and your desires. Mm -hmm. You could go buy a home that's on the market and it's a perfectly fine home. It'll allow you to live in it. Or you can customize a home that allows you to have every aspect of the way that you want to live in it. It's the same thing with your wedding. Why? Like you can custom and tailor fit it to your, not just your, but you and your partner's wants, desires, hopes, dreams. Yeah. Weave your personalities into it or your love or your story, whatever that is. And something else that your why does, which we'll get into kind of at least touch on how you can define your wedding. Why? But something else that it allows you to do, which we kind of mentioned when we brought the topic up is it, is bumpers for questions, bombardment, um, unsolicited advice and opinions. Because let's say I'm going to go with the why of, you know, we were from two different places and we now live in Chicago. Like we're from yeah. each coast and now we live in Chicago. And somebody might say, well, why don't we throw the wedding over here in Tampa? 
because you know it's cheaper to get married in Tampa mm-hmm. than it's than it is to get in Chicago. That's probably not true, but <laughs> we're just gonna go. We're with just it. gonna go with it. Yeah, it's cheaper because you know we can get married here in this backyard and all that. You c- might have to say, Mom, I don't. Hi, Ashley. <laughs> Ashley's watching live. I love it. <gasps> Hi, um, Ashley. You. This gives you having this why of sharing your love of Chicago with your people. It gives you the way to gently like let mom down that, sorry, mom, I don't want to get married in your backyard. (laughs) Instead of that, you can say, well, we actually were so excited to share our love of Chicago with you all. So there's a why and a gentle way to let somebody down. And she's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, your wedding why it just it it gives you cuz I think what happens is is when people bombard you with information they think that you haven't thought through it. And so because of that that's why they feel the need to speak up. But your wedding why like it it it's almost your protection from yeah. You know, and if you're someone who doesn't like conflict conflict and you it just makes your skin Me. crawl like yes. you will not feel bad because you're like, "No, we've thought through this. Here's why we're doing what we're doing." So good example, another one, but this is real life. I chose to get married, Justin and I, which we have an episode on our wedding. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it's Ashley and Justin's wedding breakdown. We um, got married with 13 people and we have a lot of people that we love in our lives. And we chose to just get married with our parents and our siblings. And having those people with strong opinions who are very close to us, very, very close, their family, And they are like, well, you know, I want to be there. And I say, I want you there too. Like in a perfect world, I really, I would love to have all of you there. However, you know, logistically, like we're getting married in three months. We're doing this very quickly. And we're just going to have a small celebration with just our parents and have it destination and really close and intimate. And like our why was bringing our two, that our why was bringing two families together And starting to bring in friends and family friends and all that would start to dilute that why for us. Ooh. And so it gave us that foundation. Before. I just came up with it. I like it. Thanks. You could without a wedding why. And so let's say you're you're we're just gonna keep going with this thing of like we're bringing our lives together, right? So we both lived Mm -hmm. in separate spaces and now we're weaving our lives together in this new place. If you begin to do things that don't support that or that are counteractive to that, you dilute your why. Yeah. It, it no longer has the the same weight and the same like, I don't know, just like power behind it because it's become diluted. I, I'm cracking up at Nola in the chat. I know. She's like <laughs> I know. saying these things. I was literally like, ooh, dilute. <laughs> um, but yeah, so wedding why. It's so, 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 so important. We will never... Stop talking about it because we thoroughly believe in it and believe like you should do it. So um, you need to it's, figure out your wedding why. Yeah. We it have the heartbeat of your wedding, the soul of your wedding, the North Star of your planning. Like we've used all these things in the episode. Um, but yeah, I think Chris was going to go. But how do you find yours? Well, and, and so we get really, we have an episode episode 35. It's called You Do You, How to Define Your Wedding Why. We also talk about wedding why in episode two, uh, Wedding Planning Freaking Sucks, but episode 35 definitely gives you a more practical step-by-step guide. Episode two 
uh, also talks about wedding why, but we don't go as as step by step. So I definitely recommend you to listen to episode 35, but I will give you the short answer. It's going to involve you and your partner sitting down and doing work, like literally using brain power to think and think deeply about what you want your wedding day to be like. We've gotten a lot of feedback from people at the end of that episode. Ashley does like this. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like this little meditation meditation. type thing to where you begin to visualize what you want your wedding day to look like, feel like, who's there, all of this stuff. And it's really, really powerful. All of a sudden, you may think that, you know, you are going to get married downtown. But when you start to do this visualizing, you are at your family's cabin, you know, Yeah, you almost realize. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We almost made a bad, like. Yes. This isn't what we want. We want something different. Yeah. After listening to this episode, we've had feedback um, in like Instagram messages. I think maybe a couple people have posted in the community online Uh and in Facebook. But after listening to that episode, like they've scrapped their initial plans. Oh, dude, we've had so many of those messages. They just go to rethink it seriously because you you think like you start to think logistically, I think, without this resource of your like wedding why you just think logistically like logistically logistically (laughs) (laughs) um you start to think like i let's do it downtown because it's central for everybody there's Uh hotels everywhere like it just makes a lot of sense if people want to go out to the bars after they can because they're right there like everything's very convenient so from a logistical standpoint i think that's where venues kind of come in like a little bit of style logistics but you, you're not thinking about the heart of it. And I think when you start to think of the heart of it, there's something that happens when you do this exercise and you like close your eyes and literally it's like, okay, where, what season is it? Like you're getting married. What season is it? Are you indoors or are you outdoors? Are you, you know, I said indoors or outdoors already. Anyways, these are the types of questions. Yeah. And is it's there like a lot of people or there little people? Yeah. Yes. Your subconscious mind starts to like, put in pictures that like are your like deep desires like mm-hmm. this is how you actually picture it and granted it's not you're, we're not saying create exactly what you're seeing yeah. but it shows you like okay maybe i'm kind of going in the wrong direction here with this downtown idea yeah like maybe i do want something more intimate and the other thing and types of questions that happen in the wedding why episode are like what brings you and your spouse together? Like what are some shared values that you guys share? Or when you're having fun together, what are you typically doing? And like if your answer is not dancing because you both hate it and like you guys prefer. Yeah, like, like why you, the heck would you have a DJ then? Yeah, a DJ like, and a dance. Like That you doesn't make dancing. any sense. And you do it and it's like, well, you can't have a wedding with that. And it's like, maybe not. Like you, you, you could. Like maybe... You guys are like, you hate dancing, but you love flip cup. And it's something that you and your friends do all the time or beer pong. And you have a beer pong tournament at your wedding. And that centers around your love for just laughing and having a good time together. Like that's what Mm -hmm. you want your wedding why to be. Like if people aren't laughing and smiling, like we're missing the mark because that's what we love to do. So we want to bring everyone together. And you're like, well, what do we like to do? Maybe board games aren't your thing, but maybe beer pong is. Like, yes, it's it's just it's 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 a way for you again to customize your day. 
Yep. And we also, you talked earlier, I don't want to go too far into wedding why because we can forever, but yeah, we can talk about um, that. So this is all very reception focused, what we're discussing right now, but the ceremony, your why can also like be intertwined there. Is that the right word? I was going to say intertwoven. I know that's not the right word. Weaved. Your why can be weaved through your ceremony. Like Justin and I wanted to bring both of our families together. That was our why. And in doing so, it didn't make sense during our ceremony for us to stand in a, like, for everybody to stare at my ass. Like, I just remember thinking, like, I don't like that. Like, I don't want everybody just to stare at the back of us, the back of my head and, like, check out my hairstyle. Like, my hair is great, but, like, don't, I don't need that from you. So I was like, what's something different that we could do? So what we ended up doing was standing in a circle because we wanted to bring everybody together. Like a circle is together. I can see everybody's faces. I could look around. Granted, it was 13 people, so it was possible, but like it allows you to think outside the box in planning. It really does. How can you disrupt the norm for every aspect feel like something of the wedding planning process from even your, uh, rehearsal dinner to, where you get ready, what the environment's like and you're getting ready space. I mean, every aspect, the possibilities are endless. So uh, anyways, for more detailed, like a more detailed explanation that walks you through exercises and questions to think through, uh, check out episode 35, You Do You, How to Define Your Wedding Why. The, and that's the first thing. Like, don't do anything else until you have that. And if you've yep. already started planning your wedding and you're just discovering you're this podcast- this later. You can still do this. We've had it's people like late. two months out from their wedding do this, yeah. like scrap some things and some things. make some, not, not everything, everything, not everything, but. but just realizing like, I'm sure things like, why the heck are we doing a garter toss? Like, that's freaking awkward. I don't want to do that. Don't do it. Like you, you just start to realize like, there's a lot of things that we don't have to do uh, that if you don't want to do it. Yes. And if... You are looking for ideas. We are going to, I don't know how many of these we'll do, but we just released an episode with some unique ideas that we found on the internet. Yeah. Go back and check it out. Yeah. Kind of some some trend stuff, some unique things that you can do. Yeah. Just Uh, random, that might spark some inspiration for you. For sure. Second thing. What's the second thing we are telling people they should focus on right after they get engaged? Oh, and by the way, uh, we forgot to touch on this at the beginning. For all four of these things, a good rule of thumb is like try to knock this out in the first month of wedding planning. So you can even take one one a week, week, sit down, you meet with your partner, carve out an hour to two hours. Wedding-wise, probably going to be the longest one meeting that you'll have. Uh, But obviously, some people may take longer, but I think... A month is very realistic and not overwhelming to mm-hmm. truck through these things. So yeah. the second thing that we're telling people to do, what is that, Asha? Create your guest list. And I know this feels so early. Like you're, that probably was not even remotely on your radar. Yeah. Like you're like, but I got to book my venue. I got to get my date. I got to get these things. Okay, slow we down. We went back babe. and forth about this, just trying we to did. figure out the right order. And this makes Firmly the most sense. Firmly planted at yeah. second. So the reason that you're going to do your guest list so early is because your guest list determines literally everything budget wise, 
It determines how big of a venue you should get. Mm -hmm. It determines how much money you're going to be pouring into this because every head costs money. Depending on where you are in the country, that can be $10 a head to $75 a head to probably more. But those are two astronomical numbers that I know of. So it determines a lot. And that's why we're going to do this really early. You also don't want to book a 400 capacity venue when you end up having 75 people. Because or, then yeah. you're just going to feel dwarfed or mm-hmm. the opposite. Or the opposite way. Yeah, it's it's totally true. And guest list is one of those things. We've also recorded an episode um, called Guest List Anxiety. And that was actually our eighth episode very early yeah. on in the podcast. And it it's a really good one, though. It's a beefy boy. It's, it's pretty big. Uh, <laughs> but big we, again, in that episode, we get very in-depth on how to do it, how to overcome that. Because we named it Guest List Anxiety because... It is a point of anxiety for many, many people because oftentimes what ends up happening is parents tend to have very strong opinions about who should be invited. Maybe not who's not invited, but who is invited. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if it's Aunt Carol that you haven't seen since you were eight years old that lives in Wyoming. Like this person, and you don't want, you don't, I love Aunt Carol, but. Well, maybe you're inviting Aunt Jan. And so that's your dad's sister. And so you have to invite Aunt Carol because that's also your dad's sister. And so yep. there's anxiety around those like sectors of like if you're inviting one coworker, do you invite all your coworkers? So yep. there's all of these scenarios that are going to come up with guest lists. There is an entire episode. It's on overwhelming. This. It really is. And we should link. We'll link all the episodes. The we'll notes. link all the episodes in the show notes. So anyways, that was yeah. a side thought. But um, so let's start with uh, just a couple things to think about. We're going to try to make this shorter, more digestible, this episode. Um, And if you want to dive deeper, again, go listen. But the first thing to think about is how many people right now do you think you want to invite? Like, what would your ideal number be? This is probably going to shift once you start actually creating your guest list. But it's a good thing and a good place to start. Do you want a big wedding or do you want a small wedding? Are you thinking about something right I now? I just wanted to see how long we can go with it being silent. <laughs> We've done that before. <laughs> I was I was going to do some really quick math. So I think a really average, average number for a wedding is about 150. It's yeah, pretty middle of the too. road, 150. And let's say that you are going to have, which this is actually in the Midwest, is a fairly good number for a price of a plate but ten dollars for a meal i would say ten dollars is that's like a that's a steal i feel like that's a pretty good i don't know if i agree with that you don't think it's a steal Mm-mm. like i think barbecue is like eight dollars a head well is it hot i thought hog wild was hog wild and hog wild is a barbecue chain here in town i think what can you get it like six dollars a head super super cheap it's something ridiculously yeah, cheap sure. so we'll just say 10 is middle of the road would you yep, say middle I of the road say, okay yeah so that's fifteen hundred dollars right there just in on food. food that does not include yeah. the chair for them to sit at for the ceremony, mm-hmm. which like also costs money. Yeah. It does not include the size of the table that you need because not all venues have that. It does not include the uh, printed material that that person may have. Uh, it does not include the dessert that that person may have. Like once you get into it and you add all those things and you average them, maybe you're at like $16 a head. Yeah. Well, because then you have on top of that. Each person gets a favor. Each person gets to save the date. Each person gets an invitation. Each person gets multiple stamps. Oh, yeah. The, Each the, person gets yep. 
like figuring you can out very how much quickly these... find yourself at twenty dollars a head. It is. It can get so outrageous. And then if you're doing like a decor, like special decor, maybe you're doing chargers and like dinnerware mm-hmm. and utensils. Like so these are all things to consider when knowing like each person costs money, which is why. Again, we're doing this guest list so early. So yeah, so you take it for food for $10 and then you add in another $10 for all of those other things, which I don't think is unreasonable. Actually, Mm -hmm. it would probably be more, but we're just going to say $20. Now you're at $3,000 for 150 people for the total cost of who you all have invited. And this is it's this right here. I'm going to camp out on this for a second. That catches people off guard because they thought, oh my gosh. We only, I thought it was $10 a head, but then you don't realize there's everything else that, and this isn't even taking into account alcohol in an open bar if you do an open bar or we a did cash an open bar. bar. And it, granted, we had a small, we had like 115 people at our reception, but it, I think it ended up being like $12 a person, I think. Just, just for alcohol? Just for alcohol. Wow. And so it's anybody over the age of 21, you know? Yeah. And so even if they're not drinkers, like you still have to pay for it when you're going open bar Mm -hmm. or you go like maybe you put some money in and then go cash bar after that. Yeah. Well, we did weddings recently where they did like a thousand dollars towards the bar and they're done with it in 30 minutes and then everybody moves to cash bar. So then the dad's like, okay, let's shovel some more money into that cash bar or into the bar so people don't have to pay for their drinks before the reception even starts yeah so anyways alcohol things add up really really quick which is why the guest list matters and why we think it's so important that it's the second thing that you start going through um what do you think the first step is let's just try to give a a few practical things for like how do you determine your guest list what do you think the first thing people should do is i think the first thing is let's like brain dump like literally brainstorm who all could possibly come. I think it's easier to remove people Yeah, personally. That's kind of the way that I roll in general, but I'm going to write down everybody that I think I want to invite. And so to do that, what sectors of your guest list will there be? You'll have like immediate family, extended family, friends, coworkers, family, friends, parents friends like there's all of these different sectors and uh, let me just tell you now your parents most likely are going to want to invite some friends whether that's yes. the neighbors that grew up next to you guys or the people that have just always kind of been around maybe you don't necessarily care or connect with them at all but parents are going to want to have a say and if parents are forking out cash there are some strings that come attached with that unfortunately yeah. they they and- have purchased an opinion the, that's so true. I like that phrase. They've purchased an opinion. I also live in the camp that it was easier personally for me to just allow my parents to invite who they wanted and his parents because I also knew that like they would too then be having a good time and I wouldn't have to feel like I'm their only source of like fun. Yep. You know, they have their people. So that it's they like can you almost with. hire a babysitter for your parents. Almost. Yeah. It was just easier for me to just yeah. be like, that's fine. Like, I want you to have a good time too. Yeah. And Deb was so, having a good time. She's out there dancing. Uh, and Deb has a good time no matter every, where Deb Everywhere is, she is. The second episode, she's got a shout out. <laughs> second time this episode, she's got a shout out. I know. Uh, so. But yeah. And so here's how Lara and I did this. I created a list. 
uh, off of my Facebook. I yep. literally went through my Facebook friends. I created a list. Uh, uh, forget Sam. I hate that guy. I don't want. I don't want to invite mm-hmm. him. You know, like mm-hmm. you just go down the list, and and then Lara had a list, and then we just compared, and there were duplicates, you and can then like highlight the duplicates that are like for sure. Then yes, and we would like went through, and I think we did use highlighters. We like color coded it. Like these are the mm-hmm. absolutes. These are the, and then from there after yep. the absolutes, we made cuts. And so this is something you should know your guest list will have several revisions that you'll go through. You yep. will revise it. And some a lot of times it's making it smaller, not adding people. Yeah. Sometimes you'll think, oh, we forgot Tom. Like we, he, He's got to be there. He introduced us, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, but you brain dump it. You're right. Yep, brain dump. And then refine. So use those highlighters, color code. Um, when you have, I like did it in sectors. So I had like a family list and then like an extended family list, That's a good. friends list. And what that helped me do was like, then I could count and see how many people there are. And then I'm looking at my coworkers list. I don't really have coworkers and all my coworkers. Just Ashley. Hi, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the, uh, like if I had a coworkers list of 20 people, but I'm 30 people over the amount of people I want, then I can be like, okay, well, this is, I can just kind of X nay a lot of my coworkers who are kind of just acquaintances because I do need to make these cuts. And they're in this group of people that maybe aren't in the hierarchy of needs as close as like family. They're just, they're my coworkers, acquaintances, people. And let me tell you, 75 people happens really fast, yep. really fast. Because then you start thinking about like kids, people yep. have their kids. And then that's why sometimes people make the call. We're not going to invite kids. We're not going to have kids. Um, it, yeah, it's it's tough. You start to realize, like, wow, we just could, we just went from thinking we were going to have 150 people to now we realize that our non-negotiable number is 200. You realize, like, we really can't have any less than 200. Yep. Then you find yourself in a new ballpark where you have to, but it's it's better to do this early, early in the process than later in the process. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't have to. This doesn't have to be your permanent guest list either. So this is also no. permission to know, like. This is a draft because then you're going to want to get opinions from your uh, family members, especially if they've purchased an opinion. You're going to want them to like overlook it and kind of approve. You may get a couple of additions and you may be like, okay, like I'm okay with that addition. Um, But no, you don't have to like live in this guest list. Yeah. You can completely chuck it in a month when you realize you're eloping with 30 people. Sure. But this is this foundational part. Nobody ha- will come to you later being like, Hey, how many people do you need? Or have you finished your guest list? Because also you're going to eventually need to get email addresses and addresses. So like, let's get these people out of the way first. Yeah, that's kind of, that's good. So this is 100% a draft. So let's refine it even further. Let's say you've eliminated some coworkers and who knows, a couple acquaintances from your friends list. That and you have you some maybes. Obligatorily. They're like on the fence. You're like, ah, should we, should we not? Yeah. So let's ask yourself these questions. So there are two questions to think about. They're my favorite two questions. I don't even remember who told me these. They're I pretty think good. it was a planner from like Nebraska who said this to me once. And I was like, that is gold. Genius. Would I feel comfortable calling this maybe, this person, I'm going to call them maybe, that's their name. Would I feel comfortable calling maybe to pick me up from the airport? Or would I feel comfortable calling maybe to grab dinner tomorrow? It's a big Oof. one. That's I a, know, that's a solid like, filter. Shit. You're like, nah, 
I don't, don't want to go to dinner with him. I don't want to go and to the, dinner with him. The reason this is so important, like Chris just said, I don't want to do that. Okay, then why do you want to give them 10 minutes of your time on your wedding? You only have a four-hour reception. Why do you want to give them like five minutes of your mingling? Yeah. When you don't even want to go to dinner with them tomorrow. Yeah. We have a question. Have the- that. We should check. We should catch up. Yes, I saw the question too. We have a question in the chat. When would you say is the latest? Thank you for the question, by the way. uh, You should have your guest list done before the wedding. How many months prior? So latest. When do you think is the latest? Putting you on the spot. Hot seat. It's okay. It's okay. When do I think is the latest? Um, Well, you have to. Well, okay. You need to do invitations. Save the dates doesn't matter. You can still kind of send somebody an invite even if they didn't get to save the date. So that's like invitations go out six months prior but even you have then, to have the your venue like if you don't have the guest list you can't book a venue it really clogs oh, ha- I'm everything thinking down of having this done so ashley's probably asking about this activity we're talking about oh okay i uh... think that this activity you need to complete before you choose your venue yeah which means you don't know your date yet you need to have it completed at six months prior. Okay. Like you because then to, you can like, add and you can switch people out. So let's say you have your first revision. Your and your guest list will very rarely go above your first revision. Right. I think. Like typically yeah, from it, that point, it gets smaller once you get the yes. big one. So if you get, it's like you don't want to buy something that's, you'd rather buy something bigger than you need than smaller than you need. Yeah. But at the same time, why Go bigger and just, if you can knock it all out, you can get the thing that fits, you know, yeah. and then it will probably be cheaper too. Yeah. So I, my, I think it needs to be done six months before, but ideally you have like your idea and draft done before you pick your venue. Yeah. Uh, I also think like there are caterers too, like, and I don't know when the final, but caterers have different deadlines. They're like, Hey, we need to know your final number. So let's say your initial number is. 250 they're like we need to know your final number 60 days out or you know something like that i had to get in my final numbers like two weeks before the wedding like final final and then i had to give them estimates a certain time beforehand yeah and i just said six months i don't i didn't i don't think i meant six months i think i meant six weeks six weeks not like because six weeks is when you send out your wedding invitations yeah okay six weeks six to eight weeks so I meant six weeks, not six Ash months. Ash is like, oh my God, well, I we're know. behind. She's like, you, you lit the fire in the right button. I'm like, really? And I'm like, wait, six months was a bad idea. Yeah. I take back all the months. I meant weeks. All of, so. all of the things. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first thing. I would also add one last thing to this is that um, the benefit to knocking this out early is you get to tell your parents because we talk about this in the episode. I'm not going to go t- too deep into it. Um, but we talk about a lot of the potential, like when you, with you knocking this out so quickly, you're going to bypass a lot of the nagging and poking that your parents would give you from like, have you done the guest list yet? Have you done the guest list yet? And when you get to say the first time they ask, like, actually, yeah, we have our first revision. Uh, or if you just beat them to it and say like, Hey, uh, just wanted you to know that me and Jacob are going to be working on the guest list this weekend and uh at some point here in the next couple of weeks let's get together because we want to go over it with you and you know maybe get some get your thoughts on it that's gonna like they're gonna be so proud and they're gonna be like oh my god they're good they got this they got yeah. this like yeah they're gonna be okay which will probably yep. slow down on a lot of the other 
uh, nagging and stuff, reminding, advice giving, all that stuff. Totally. But again, if you need to listen to more on guest list, want more help, how to handle conversations maybe when your parents want to invite somebody and you don't want to. We go very deep into talking about guest list and the anxiety that comes with it in episode. We don't have that written down. Oh, uh, I thought we did. I don't see it. It's do episode I? eight, guest list anxiety. My bad. Yeah. I missed it. I'm looking at the notes and I'm not seeing it. It's okay. Where? You're right here. There. See it? Oh, yeah. I looked at the top. Yeah. Guest okay. list Anyways. anxiety. Which, let's go ahead and move on to our next one. What's our third piece of advice that we think people like the thing that they need to attack after they get engaged? So the next thing you need to attack after your wedding why and your guest list is tackling your top three priorities. This one's easy. You can also do this over dinner. Mm -hmm. Talk about what are the top three things that are most important to me? What are my must-haves? This can be vendor-related. This could be... You know, somebody's might be my dress, my flowers, and my photographer. Yeah. Somebody else's might be my videographer, my place that I'm getting married, and the food that we eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it reason, varies person to person, couple to couple. The reason you want to figure this out so early is because it is going to determine your budget. So now you have your guest list, which helps with your budget. These top three priorities, when you line them up, you know how much of your budget you want to allocate, kind of to yeah. those sections because let's say your videographer is your top priority but you end up booking your venue and you didn't really care about your venue and your photographer because your family says you need a photographer which you do but maybe you just book the first one that you think is great yeah and now like m- so much of your budget is already gone you can't afford the videographer that you really wanted and that was your most important thing yeah. So we're going to try to avoid that happening by reverse engineering that whole thought process and figure out what those top three things are. What is absolutely most important when you walk away from this wedding that you invested in? Yeah. And for most people, I think it does go like if we're talking about the majority, it's probably. Well, I know the top two are almost always venue and photographer. Almost mm-hmm. always for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just always not trying to like toot our own horns here. (laughs) That's why I always like look for alternatives. Yeah. But I mean, that that's for most people, that's what they Mm -hmm. care about the most. And then Mm -hmm. the third is kind of a wild card uh, for for a lot of people. But that has been reversed though. I have shot a wedding before where they cared about the video more than the photos. And I have too. The timeline reflected that. And so it's like, hey, good for you. You know exactly what you want. Like I will execute. We had a long talk about it and I was like, it's, it's their priority is video. Like yeah. this isn't your fault. This is like what they want. Yep. And you kind of have to be like, okay, like I'm just doing things a little different, but this is like, this is the want of my couple. And, and they like were happy. That, yep. They were happy. The they important. got, they were happy with what they got from their videographer and, and Hey, that's amazing. That's so great. Yep. That's but the goal. Th- this one's simple. I don't know that we need to go any further than this, except my one piece of advice that I would give with this is. Make sure that this is a conversation between you and your partner. Um, And your partner may go, I don't care. Literally, let's just do whatever you want to do. But maybe they also have opinions too. And so I think it's important to hear them out and to for you guys to try to figure out what matters to you together. Uh, 
in a in a typical male female relationship, um, it is you, we hear brides often lament that their partner, their guy, is not as excited about the wedding planning process and doesn't have you know he just he, he's like eh, kind of ambivalent you know and they wish that he would get excited. Um, this is a way to get him excited. You figure out what's important to him, what matters to him and and each other as a couple. And, and wedding why also helps solidify some of that excitement because he knows like he's like, oh, this is just a dumb party. But then even I feel like you talked about this with Justin when he realized like, oh, there's deeper meaning. We're getting our families together. And he was a part of that process. Like all of a sudden, this isn't just your day. It's yep. his day as well. Yes. It gives them permission to have a say. And yeah. they feel like they can have a say because on the surface, wedding planning can look like shallow. You know, what colors are we picking? Right. You know, truthfully, a lot of them do not give an ever-living crap about what color the mm-hmm. napkins are. But they might care about what, you know, liquor is served. Maybe they're big bourbon guys. They're like, yeah. I need bourbon there. Or they're a foodie, right? Like they love, they lo- they're... They don't ever want to eat at a chain restaurant. They're like, no, let's try somewhere local. Like that mm-hmm. gets them excited or, or something that gets them excited. It, it would be, you know, what's really interesting is sometimes grooms even get really excited about the groom's cake or like the groom's dessert. Like I've mm-hmm. known people that, uh, who was I? Okay. I have a, a wedding that I have not shot yet, but the groom, they're big Doctor Who fans. And so she didn't want to like. I, they didn't want their whole wedding to be like a Doctor Who wedding, but they wanted to have like this one photo that they got. And I guess like all of the inspectors have like, I'm going to call it a wand. I know it's not a wand. I think it's like a tool, like the inspector tool. And so they each ha- they each got one from their favorite inspector or whatever. Maybe it's not doctor. It's not doc. It's doctor, not inspector. People are going to kill me if they're like fans of the show. So anyways, he was super jazzed. He was super jazzed (laughs) about getting this tool and then to have that photo on their wedding day from their favorite doctor who thing, because it was a big part of the relationship. He's so, so so stoked about that. Find that thing that your partner can get excited about. I love that. I love that piece of advice because a lot of the time it, and it makes it feel more personal. Like I'm thinking like the office or Harry Potter, like these cult favorite things that like some people can get so pumped about. We had a wedding cake. It was a wedding cake and it was beautiful wedding cake from the front, but from the back, the entire backside was like Harry Potter. It was like layers of like the Harry Potter castle, but it was just from the backside. And it's just something to like be excited where it feels like personality. It doesn't feel like your wedding is the same as other people's wedding because there's this like cleverness to it and personality to heartbeat soul. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, another couple of quick examples is like, I know I've, I've seen this with the office theme song. Like that was a big part of their relationship. Like they do their, their exit from the ceremony. I literally just saw that on TikTok this morning. Did you really? Yeah. I've seen a star Wars, the Mark, the Imperial March. Uh And the groom is like, Oh, he's excited. You know, like that's the thing that he's excited. You can find that thing. Yeah. What's that thing? Speaking of such a weird, this is very random, but last week I really wanted to watch the Jurassic Park trilogy like really badly. Really? I don't know what sparked it. What's your favorite one? Um, no, not the second one. You like the second one? The second one is my favorite. Justin and I both thought, think it's so dumb. What? 
Like the, okay. the third one just should have been the second one. Apparently, the everyone Lost feels World this way about dumb. the. Oh my god, it is so good. It is I so fell good. asleep and just like kept watching it. To Here's it. the great thing about the second one, is it's got so many different. There's like the uh, only good thing about the second one is Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. But that's it. What? No, it's so. <sighs> it's <laughs> here's why I like it is because when you think the movie's over, it's not over. They go back to America, and then there's like a T-Rex on the loose. It is such a good one. I really, really like it. And apparently- I feel like it was just so far-fetched, most and it people, made no sense to serve the story Most whatsoever. people hate it. Most people don't like it. <laughs> they really don't. Like they, no. The second when one is like- When was the last like, time you watched it? Not that long ago. Within the last oh. year. Within okay. the last year, for sure. Because they so were on my, Netflix. My point, I thought they were on Netflix, and I really wanted to watch them. And I went and I searched and they weren't streaming anywhere. I was going to have to buy them. And I was really annoyed about it. Then two days ago, Justin and I are getting on to like go watch Suicide Squad and the new one. Yeah. We're very excited about the new one. Was it good? It was very. Oh, it was so good. And then we ended up watching the sec, the old one. Anyways, backing up. Freaking all three Jurassic Park films just got put on HBO. Like they were in the just added what so weird did you so watch weird. you're gonna watch him oh we already watched them all oh that's hilarious so that's funny see i hate the third one i don't like the third one really i don't know i almost was gonna say it was my favorite but the first one's justin's favorite i agree it's hard to lara is actually terrified of jurassic park and will not watch it oh I she won't that. she's like she thinks dinosaurs are the scariest thing really? ever i was a huge jurassic park fan when i was a kid i like had the toys i like had an outfit I was. I remember going to the theaters to see yeah. Jurassic Park two. Um, yeah. Anyways, that was Back a huge rabbit hole. Huge rabbit hole. That's anyways, all right. I'm here for it. Hopefully, everybody else likes the rabbit or likes the rabbit hole. Right. Jurassic Park. Um, almost hole. as good as our cell phone conversation. Right. Maybe. Okay. Anyways, so top three priorities. Oh, that's because we were talking about like cakes and walks down the aisle. Yeah, Park. yeah, yeah. Um. So figure out what those most important things are, and then allocate your it's not necessarily allocate your budget just make sure to like get those things kind of done first like, so and you also the, know that you're going to give maybe a bigger piece of your budget to those things yes and if you have any money left over after you've already done that maybe you don't have any money left over so you don't end up getting monogrammed napkins and maybe if you didn't do this exercise you just got excited and spent three hundred dollars on monogrammed napkins when Looking back in hindsight, that three hundred dollars could have gotten you your dream venue. Yeah, you're probably not three hundred off on your venue, but anyways. Yeah, maybe so, it's more to go towards an open bar. I don't know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, you. Yeah, but and so which transitions? Well, you need to know these next, like your top three things, because the fourth thing that we suggest that you do is that you begin to create your budget. And when you know what these top three things are that you want to focus on, that are your top three priorities, you can allocate the right amount of money towards those things. And again, this is like perfect with the the monogram napkins. Like, does that matter? Is that going to help you get closer to these three things? Maybe for you, the dinner is the most important part of it. I don't know. For some people, it might be. And mm -hmm. so maybe this plays into that. And yes, we need the monogram napkins. Maybe you don't need them. I tend to think most people don't need them. <laughs> I see my face. I'm like, wow. Yeah, you're like, nah. I don't know if monogram nah. napkins are ever a need. I think I'd rather splurge for the. We recently had the Rent the Chef tacos. Have you had those? Did you like them? Yes. Dude, I've 
I asked you about Rent the Chef, and you're like, yeah, we've never we've never had them before. We didn't. And then I had them like two weeks ago, and the same night, okay. Justin and Ashley had them at a different wedding. Okay. Can I give you a can I give you a hack? Yeah. Let me give you a Rent the Chef. So I know Jason. I'm friends yeah. with him. Uh, and the the best thing to do, you're gonna look like a fat ass, but just do it. You always get two plates. Okay. You go through. You make your tacos, but you double up on corn. You do. You do one tortilla, two tortilla, and then you do your toppings. And then you eat over the tortilla, and everything that falls makes a second taco because it won't stay oh, in there. So you essentially double your tacos. I do that three, I make three tacos, and it's six tacos because there's always a ton that fall. Yes. So you get the second plate. Now you take it and then you put just chips on it and then you put the queso on it and then you have nachos. So you have one plate with tacos and one plate with nachos. My ideal taco, we are going down a lot. I, I'm excited about this though. My ideal taco, skip, don't do chicken or, or beef, just do pork. The pork tacos are the best. Uh, oh, is that the pineapple ones? I don't think there's pineapple in it. Oh, we had like a pineapple pork one, but because of my diet, I just went with the chicken because it's yeah. safe. For my gluten. Yeah. But. Anyways, there's a taco hack. Like, oh my goodness, it's so damn good. But yeah, he's he's definitely our favorite, one of our favorite yeah. food. Just had it for the first time, same oh night. Ashley God. and Justin somehow also had it the same night, which they ended up having Jason. We didn't have Jason, but we just had like the truck. Yeah. Anyways. They have. They do about three weddings every single weekend. Shout out it to Rent the Chef if you want a taco bar in Wichita, so Kansas. Good. They the, had freaking hot Cheetos. I was like, yep. what is this? Yeah, it is so damn good. It was good. So maybe tacos are important to you and you want a budget for Rent the Chef. Now all I, now all I can think about is tacos. Yeah, I'm so hungry. Doesn't well, I can do a bowl. I'm, I'm definitely eating Chipotle after this, after all we go. talked about all this stuff. So your budget determines everything. Totally determines everything as far as your decisions that you make because... If you don't have the budget for a uh, open bar, then you can't have it. But maybe you have a budget for a uh, cash bar or like a partial, what do they call it? Where you put money yeah, down. Yeah, like a partial cash bar. A partial cash bar. So let's say you put $1,000 down and then, but I here's a tip. I If you do that, I think it's better to do because it goes so fast, so fast. Maybe just have that only apply to like beer and wine. Because mm-hmm. when you start mixing drinks, that thing goes faster. Beer and wine is typically cheaper than a mixed drink. Drink. Well, you could, and in that way, instead of putting money towards it, you could just pay for beer and wine, cocktails. Or cash cocktails bar. cost. Yeah. Yeah. And most people and, are like, "Oh, it's fine. I'll drink a beer." Right. And then there's like the occasional person like me who can't drink beer, and so I just know that I have to pay for my cocktail, which is yeah. fine because I'm, I'm a weirdo. But yeah, I think. And we early in the um, podcast, people had were upset because they weren't going to have an open bar. They were afraid they were going to get judged. And I just want to tell you right now, most people are not going to be upset. They're just like, oh, at least our generation. I don't know about the older generation. I never expect an open bar when I go to a wedding. I always go up and I'm like, do I need to pay? And they're like, nope. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. But I just. It's true. I expect it. It's true. So your budget, I mean, and, and what are some practical tips that we can, we, well, episode 16 is called Accepting Financial Help for Your Wedding, and we go in depth about um, 
something called a pop budget. We're not going to, we're not going to go into it right now. Um, but it is essentially pull out proofing your wedding. Uh, and, and so we get, ha 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 the joke. Yeah, we get it there. That's but like, what she said. that's what she said. Um, but we know that sometimes parents or an aunt or an uncle say, Hey, we're going to give $5,000 towards this. And it's like, when do I ask for that? Do I revisit that? We encourage people to plan your wedding as if that's not going to come through. Yep, if, unless, unless they're like, we're going to give it to you. Here's a check right now. And you have it yes. in hand. Like yes. until you have that, you don't have it. Yep. Like until you have don't the $5,000 and if you can only afford a $10,000 wedding, but you don't have the $5,000, but you're planning for a $15,000 wedding, you don't have that extra five. If you don't so have the, it in hand, what you're going to do is let's say you guys have saved $10,000 and then you're promised $5,000. Well, we're going to plan this $10,000 wedding. And then if we end up getting that 5,000 and we've already paid for everything, that's going to help us with the honeymoon or that's going to go, uh, it's going to be a down payment on a house that we are going to just like give ourselves back because we saved so much money. So it's going to go back in savings. Totally. So you're just planning on that. Now, if they give it upfront, this is totally different. It's just because things happen. People lose their jobs. People you know, get upset. This wedding planning situation brings out weird parts of humans and emotional part. Things are very emotionally charged. Like shit just happens. And so relying on that $5,000 that may not come. I know a lot of people that this has happened to. No. Yeah. It, it, it is more common than you would think, which is why we are bringing it up. And it's never because people are like, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. It's typically because uh, unforeseen circumstances happen. Yep. And they or like up. they forget and they don't have it in their budget anymore because like maybe they were expecting you to ask earlier and you didn't ask. Like there's all these things. So what you can do now is figure out how much money do you have saved now and how much money do you need to save each month from now until your goal wedding date. So maybe you're hoping to get married in the fall. How much money can you save from now until fall realistically to go towards this wedding? And if you come up and find out we can only save $5,000. So we only have like, that's not enough for the wedding we want to throw. Maybe that means, okay, let's just postpone our plan for just one more year so we can have the wedding we want to have and we'll be able to save this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really, really important. And I would also add, if someone does say like, Hey, uh, your mom and I are going to give $5,000. I wouldn't wait months and months and months and months to revisit that. Like, Give it a couple days or something like that and then revisit it. Or within a like within a week, I would revisit it to just say, hey, for the sake of clarity, I'm not trying to rush you, but I just wanted mm-hmm. to ask some questions about this mm-hmm. and clarify like when can we expect it? it. It doesn't have to be weird. No. And this we go into this in episode 16, so I am going to try to not go deep into it. But when accepting money from someone else, figure out what strings are attached to that money. What expectations do they have? for that $5,000. What expectations do they have for that $10,000? Maybe the best thing that I've seen done is, hey, honey, love you. I've always planned to pay for your wedding. Here's $15,000. Do what you want with this $15,000. Anything else is on you. that's, That's happening, right? And then there's this situation where we go, because this has like happened in my like close family. We go to a wedding, there's an open bar, there's crown and sevens, which are 
everybody's favorites in this circle <laughs> of people. And he says, hey, we're going to have crown and sevens at your wedding too, right? And she says, no, that's not in my budget. Like this wedding is more expensive than that. Like yeah. I don't have the money for that. So we're just doing beer and wine. And he said, well, I want crown and seven. So now I'm going to pay for your open bar. So the expectation was I am now taking over the open bar. I know I gave you this money. I want this as your dad. And so I am going to pay for the open bar because this is important to me. Yeah. It wasn't important to her. It was important to him though. Anyways, so there's like a lot of different ways you can go about that. But as long as you know what strings are attached, like guests, like I'm donating $15,000 so I get to invite who I want. Okay. And you can agree or not agree with their terms. But if you're not agreeing, expect to not get that contribution. Yeah. Clarity is going to be your best friend during this whole process. Process. Asking clarifying questions. Uh, it's not rude. It's not not trusting. It's just practicing good communication. And so when you can do that, you are going to find yourself saving yourself from a lot of hurt, a lot of uh, promises that maybe went unfulfilled and things like that. If you will just clarify, uh, you should come out on the other end of what other end of wedding planning, having strengthened your communication muscle. If you're yes. flexing it the whole time, because it is an opportunity for growth in that area. Absolutely. It can be uncomfortable. But if you step into it, embrace it, your wedding and your mental health will be in a whole lot better space if you do that. So other than pull-out proofing, which we go into in episode 16, but uh -huh. other than doing that and figuring out how much money you have allocated, the other thing you obviously want to do for your budget is figure out you have this total amount now that you've came up with how much money is going to go to each category of the wedding. Yeah. So write down these categories. It, the internet is a great source here. Like what costs go into a wedding? You've got your venue, all of your vendors, your florist, your decor, your ceremony music. I don't know. Like there's lots of random things. Yeah. Make that spreadsheet. There are also free spreadsheets online for this. Um, and then just kind of take that big number and try to allocate it. I mean, this is going to take sure. a little bit of research, but this is your next step before you can actually dive in to contacting vendors and getting people booked, finding your date and things like that. Because now you know, okay, my budget for my venue cannot exceed $5,000. It cannot. I actually do not have the funds for that. Right. So you're not looking over where you can actually afford and getting let down. You know, I can afford a $2,000 venue. That's all I need to look at. For I sure. just need to set my sights on those. Yeah, nothing else. I agree. Well, for you newly engaged people, congratulations. We're so happy for you. We're so happy that you're listening. We hope that you will continue to listen. You'll scroll, scroll through our library of episodes on iTunes or wherever you listen, Spotify, and that you'll, you'll listen to the episodes that help you. Um, we... You look like you're going to say something. Well, I was just going to sum it up. Oh, yeah. Also, like you were going to sum it up. Yeah, Go ahead. Recap. Go for the recap. So, so to recap, just because it's been a minute since we talked about the very first thing. The first thing that we recommend doing, creating your wedding why. That's episode 35. So you can write that down. You do you. How to define your wedding why. It's going to give your wedding heartbeat, personality, soul, give you guys something to be excited about. The second thing you're going to do, create that guest list. That's episode eight, guest list anxiety. We go a lot deeper into that. 
Start with brainstorming. After you brainstorm, refine that list. Would you feel comfortable calling that person for dinner tomorrow? If not, knock them off that list. Are they worth the 30 bucks a person to invite them to your wedding? The next and third thing you're going to do to find those top three priorities, what is most important to you for your wedding day? And then the final thing that you're going to do now that you're engaged to finish out that first month is figure out your budget. What is your pullout proof plan? How much do you need to go into each of those sectors of your wedding? Use the Google machine. Going to be really resourceful for this. Find a free Google Sheets to start tackling these, all these numbers and doing your research. It's probably like for some people the most fun part and for other people like the most dreaded part. <laughs> yeah, what they dread the most. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. But that kind of recaps everything for you. Overview. Do we have a budget episode? Yes. Episode 16. So those are the three episodes to go dive into now if you want some more of this. 35, 8, and 16. And we will have all of those links in the show notes. Some other links okay. that we'll have in the show notes is we'll have our social media links. You can go follow us on Instagram at The Bridal Breakdown. You can follow us on TikTok. Uh, we also have that link as well. And then more importantly, I think if you there's only one link you click, you should probably go join our online Facebook community uh, on Facebook. That link is in the show notes. And we we this is our second time going live. I really enjoy it. It's really cool when people pop in and they engage with us. And so you can see our faces and interact with us. And, and even, I, I don't know if you noticed this, Ashley, but there were people that commented on the episodes after. Like it had yeah, been aired and they, they went back and watched it later. it later. So that was cool. Love um, the feedback. Like the real, quote unquote, real time feedback. Yeah. So definitely go check that out. Um, anyways, we love you guys. We want to help your, your wedding planning go as simply and as smooth as possible. We're always here for you. And, uh, I think just yesterday I posted a, a question asking like, I think it was yesterday, like, Hey, what, what are you struggling with? What do you need help with mental health wise, wedding planning wise? And we had some people pop up and, and kind of give some input. And so anyways, we are so thankful for you all. We hope you have a great day. See ya. See ya.